Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 152. Today's episode is another installment in our series, Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. Stick around after the episode for some GM notes if you're interested. For the story up to this point, visit our website, DiceyStories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. You guys, meet up. Trip Menu. I think there may be something watching us from the trees over there. I don't know if it'll come close or what it was, but... Something? Something up in the trees. Yeah, so, I mean, how big did it look like when I saw the eyes? Big enough to be like a cat, a large cat, or like a mountain lion, or like bird size? There was this kind of like glow, sort of, and it seemed to you bigger than that. Bigger than the... Bigger than like a cat. Okay. So mountain lion. Bigger than a house cat? Yes. Maybe like a dog size? Its eyes were glowing. I'm assuming it was some sort of animal. Glowing eyes. I mean... Like a natural glow? Or just like low light vision normal animal glow creepifying? Did it look like something that was magically glowing? Or just like, you know, sometimes how their eyes glow? Or we don't know. Yet. So your level of information is, oh, geez, that something creepy just happened. Okay. You didn't go closer. You didn't investigate. You didn't look closely. So you don't have the answers to that. Okay. So, yeah, that's creepy. All right. Well, let's check it out. We still got an hour or so. All right. And sling my bow. Good, good idea. Peppa's not brave. She will let you go first. That's fine. Creepy glowy eye creature. This is a good distraction for Drifton. Didn't make any progress finding anything. Glowing eyes. Maybe it's just a floating set of eyes. Just eyes. That's not better. But why? Why would they just be floating? Magic? Yes. Magic gone wrong. Did I tell you a color? Mm-hmm. You would have at least gotten color. It was orangish. I might just say glowing. Glowing oranges. Glowing eyes. Yeah. Well, let's let's check it out. Cautious. If it's just a pair of eyes, you know that's new, right? Mm-hmm. How do you approach? Cautiously. Are you sneaking? I or... feel like I were in the field surrounding the copse of trees. There's not really a way one can sneak. Well, you can move quietly and close to the ground. Yes, yes, quietly, but not like crawling through the grass. Not cr- no, yeah, not crawling. Okay, it is a group of small trees with a very large tree in the middle. That the smaller trees are all kind of underneath. And you approach it vigilantly, I guess, would be the right word. Suppose so. So you can make vigilance checks. Two purple vigilance. Two successes and two threats. Me too! We get hit with pine cones. So two threats, you both take a strain. And you have succeeded your vigilance check. So you do see the source of the glowing as you approach the trees. Is it the tree itself? The very, very big tree in the center that the other little trees are all underneath. It has eyes, glowing orange eyes that open and 
look at you. These eyes, they're just like completely glowing. There's no like irises or pupils or anything like that. It's just like part of the bark comes apart and glowing eyes look at you. Now, lore, lore yeah, check. From an Elvis perspective, <laughs> how weird is that? You may make a lore roll. Are you individually making lore rolls? Are you working together here? Yes, let's work together. Okay. I will spout some lore and then you can filter out what's actually okay, true. So then because you blue if you are working together, that means you are speaking. Yes. Which you don't have to tell me all your dialogue. It just matters like... Well, let's see what we know first. Okay. Unless, oh, unless the eyes change when we start to talk? Well, it's a possibility. Let's see what happens. Okay. The difficulty is two purples. You have a blue die from Trick. Mm-hmm. You also have a blue die from being an elf. Ah! Now I can try this... You have a flash of insight? I do. So what does that let you do? What it does. I roll two blue dice, and I can add the results. Nice. Four successes, five advantages. And you had a triumph. Yes. Which still counts as a triumph. Yes. Okay. You have never seen one of these before. This is a wolf. Fenowin? Oh, no. Fenowin? Is that what you said? No, no, Fenowin, the druid with things in her hair. This is a woes. <laughs> woes Whoa. by any other name? Whoa. Woes are one of the few real manifestations of the Fae in the visible reality. They appear as trees, but they are mobile. They can uproot themselves and move around and have appendages that they can control. And they are ancient beings. They are in tune with the currents of nature as a a matter of course in a way that druids and stuff aspire to be. You have a whole lot of advantages here. Just five. And a triumph. You saw the eyes open and you guys kind of talked back and forth a little bit to each other in order to, to reach the conclusion as to what this is. Right. So... Some of that could have been comments related to, like, the florist, Esprin, and, like, is that a woes? I think there's a woes. The woes speaks to you. So generally, do they have a reputation for being dangerous, for being, like, they, revered? or like... They definitely, not in a any sort of deity type of sense, right. but, like, in a very respectful like sense, so yes, revered would be the right word. So manifestation of the fae means what? Like, is that like if elves get old, they become one of these things, or elves that are excessively in tune with their magic? Like when druids advance beyond that, like they produce wings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that is an outward sign of their connection to the fae, which is. The undercurrent of nature magic, essentially. Okay, like, so the fae is actually magic. Yes. So, like, okay. when, when Fenwin asked if you were going to embrace the fairy path or the earth path, yeah, elves have a connection to nature in the sense of things are growing and stuff like that, but there is a metaphysical... Okay, so that's what... I, I didn't know if fae was just, like, all fairy kind or whatever, because that's usually... what. It's I, not I, like, oh, I'm an elf, so I'm fae. It's a, a deeper... I will say spiritual is not the right word, but okay. maybe metaphysical is. Okay. Like a life force. Yeah. That like and, and nature life force, the elves. Yeah, and it's not like this is the opposite of dark magic. Like this it's not this is the opposite of necromancy, but right. in the same way that 
that people talk about necromancy in the sense of like, oh, it's corrupting something and right. or it's accessing dark energies. Like that's a level that is beyond physical reality. Okay. So yeah, but this is more of like the more of the elven magic. Elvish. Magic. Yes. Elvish magic is attempts to like tap into this. Okay. Woeses are it just by their very nature. Mm-hmm. So woes do not need to learn how to access this. That is what makes a woes capable of doing anything. Okay. And woes are not elevated trees. They are beings that inhabit these tree-like shapes. Okay. Tall and sturdy, full of wisdom. <laughs> and it speaks. Yes. It speaks, and it says... Did you find my tongs? <laughs> <laughs> it says... You are a long way from the forest. Everywhere you see a tree is the forest. No. What do you mean, no? That is not true. If you see a tree, where are you then? If not the forest. And some branches and stuff. Like, you now you're kind of like, oh, there's sort of like a concept of a face. You know, they're like eyes and suggestions of a mouth. And a nose, even though it wouldn't need one to breathe, but it makes it more relatable to being such as yourself. It kind of like moves some limbs in a way that kind of like suggests that it's pointing to all the little trees beneath it. And it answers your question by saying, you see a poor and lonely being when you see a single tree. Mm. You may attempt to make a social check on this woes. You will get an upgrade because of the triumph that you had on your knowledge check. Mm -hmm. And you have advantages, which you can use. You can spend the advantages to gain some insight into this woes, or you can spend advantages to add blue dice to your social interaction. Right. And you can work together on this social interaction because you are going to have a dialogue with this woes. With proper upbringing, I think I could take strain to improve it, too. Assuming, probably because I'm an elf, I'm assuming we have a little bit of like that, you know, I don't know that this would work with some sort of human yes, <laughs> manifestation think, or whatever. I think proper upbringing would apply here. So I can add more advantages by suffering okay. some strain. Yeah. Oh, wait, I think there's... This fellow has probably been here a while, so the right person to ask about what happened here. Finding the right way to phrase this. So then maybe my contribution is we're so very sorry to disturb you of yeah. whatever way you address woes. I suppose the more polite things that they can move is to ask him if he was near this area some 30 winters ago when there were humans taking care of their animals. It sounds to me like you're making a charm. That sounds about right to me. And you're working together. You can upgrade this role because of the triumph on the knowledge triumph. check. And do you want to spend advantages? Spend two advantages for another blue eye. Okay. Sweet talk, this fellow. And do you want to spend the others just to flat out gain information? Yeah, yeah I think that's fine. How cool is this woes? Two reds and a purple. So there's more trees around here? Just a couple? There's. There's a copse of thin trees, young-looking trees, mm -hmm. and there's this big tree in the middle. There are several other such copses around. One success, one advantage, including a triumph. 
We're doing so well with this. So good. good. So good. All right, so you are talking to Rumble Dumbledore. Rumble Dumbledore. Yes, D E U R at the end there. Rumble Dumbledore. I don't even know how to spell woes. W O S E. Okay, that's what I kind of <laughs> would expect, but I'm like, I don't know what these things are. Now, I'm going to put Manifestation at the Fey, and then I'll be like, I don't know what that means. That sounds like a good talent name. Venerable Rumble Dumbledore. Yeah, I politely ask if he was here some 30 winters hence. When humans were planting their crops, tending their animals, cutting down trees. It was a dark time, I know. So, Rumble Dumbledore is not the only woes in this area. I suspected as much. There are a few other woeses in each of the clusters of trees. Is that what he's he's telling us? Yeah, okay. I, I'm summarizing for you. Okay, okay. Because like, I was like, can we see that? Do I suddenly pop open? Yeah. Well, Rumble Dumbledore starts speaking with you and kind of like waving. You know, it it was gesturing to you about like the trees and its care here. And like as you turn and look through the clearing at some of the other clusters of trees, you realize each of them has a really large tree in its center as well. That is kind of moving in a way that has nothing to do with wind. Right. Providing shelter to these saplings. Yes. So what these woeses are doing is they are providing shade to these saplings. And the reason they are doing that is to slow their growth. Because that will help the trees be more resilient over time. So essentially, Wimble Dumbledore criticizes your definition of forest. Because a tree by itself is just a tree, whereas a forest is a community of trees. A forest only extends as far as the, from the Woes' description of things, as far as the root network goes. And so once trees are removed from the root network of their brethren, they are alone and they are weak and they are not strong enough. And so the Woes' here are nurturing these clusters of trees that are the remnants of like the orchards that the humans had. Oh, interesting. So that these trees are stronger and more resilient and can work their way back into connecting with the aspirin forest. So they grow more roots. Yeah, so they'll, they'll grow stronger, their, their roots will spread further, and you know they're like, you know, in, in just a few centuries, they'll be able to connect back. And, <laughs> which, from an elf's point of view, is like... That's a little while. It's like a whole lifetime, but like that's still... Okay, yeah, we can't fix deforestation overnight. Um, and we can't fix it just by littering the area with trees and having them all grow. Like, they have to grow strong. And that's what these woeses are here to do. So these woeses moved into the area to observe in the time period in which your relatives were monitoring the southern line and having squabbles with the humans. Well, yeah, we're monitoring line and living here. The elves that lived here did not live here in, like, the permanent sense. They were a temporary encampment kind of to, like, emphasize that this is Elvin's forest. It's not abandoned. You can't just come and chop things down. But that was already too late, kind of, for a number of the trees here. And the Wozes did not participate in any of that fighting. They were monitoring the situation with an eye towards how things were going to work out for the trees. And so... Once the elves left, and the humans left, and the skeletons and everything went away... Wait. Time out. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and everything? <laughs> then the woes is like moved into position over the most promising sets of trees here to begin guiding and nurturing them. So if these were orchard trees, are they different? These are like apple trees or something? They're like fruit-bearing trees then, as opposed to generic deciduous trees. Yeah, these are our fruit-bearing trees. I would say some of them are the same types that grow in your forest. Sure. It's just they wouldn't always be necessarily so clustered together or whatever. As the woes talks with you and you like look around more at the individual trees here, you also realize it's not just the orchard trees. The orchard trees are the oldest ones here, but clearly the woes have been bringing in some more like around the edges and stuff to like vary the tree composition and, and start kind of spreading more. Mm-hmm. So does that mean if they're... So they're shading the trees so that they're slower and more, but does that mean there's other trees that have grown bigger because they can't obviously can't shade all of them? The roses, or they're they're grooming the whole thing. Yeah, they're they and they move around some. You know, they yeah. they do the best they can with what they can provide. I'm gonna say they admit, but they're not like ashamed or anything. They have removed some trees that grew too fast because those trees were not going to survive more than 50 years. They grew too fast, and they were taking up too much resources. Which explains the copses, because they're... Okay, that answers the question. So they're definitely, like, acting as shepherds. Right. But they were here to observe things pertaining to the humans here, and it's clear that they observed whatever happened, both when the elves withdrew and when the skeletons came through, and... No, I'm not really interested in the skeletons. Don't worry about that part. I asked Rumble Dumbledore how they're doing. I don't have much to offer. I have some water skin. Oh. <laughs> You're probably outside the watershed of bad water. There was a stable that was sort of overgrown, but there may be some really good dirt there because presumably oh, they didn't clear out all the... Oh, like all the fertilizer? Yeah, I'm assuming there's got to be manure around here somewhere. Or, I mean, 30 years you'd, hence? you'd be old, but... Then I mean, just good dirt. Yeah. Okay. Not that we need to negotiate, but... He's already given us some useful information. We could, if we have something we can offer. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, appropriate. We didn't bring gifts. I can give him this ribbon. <laughs> Tie it around one of the limbs. Why is everybody camping underneath? <laughs> You're gonna mark this woes as a safe place to stay. Or give it to anyone who's a friend. I believe that was what's her face's instructions. Her name is Beowen. Beowen. So, just if you care about accounting purposes. You have the Woes' motivation. You know why they're here. Yes. You know how long they've been here. If you want to just engage in conversation where you ask the Woes questions and they answer them, like, you had a triumph on your charm check. There's no need to engage in social combat with them. So I am fine just answering some questions you have from the Woes' perspective. It's like the Woes database. Yeah, I I don't think I really need to make a negotiation check, but I think Trick feels like it would be good to... Maybe that's why you had the triumph. The sort of like, okay, this Woes knows a lot of things. You know, Trick has a bit of an environmentalist streak. He can appreciate this. You know, I hadn't thought about a forest. It requires trees, plural, uh, that are connected not by sight, but by, well, by dirt. The Woes corrects you that it is not just the dirt, right. but also... I, I, root, I was making a metaphor. But also... The fungal network. The fungal network, you say? Mm-hmm. Oh, do you have spores? He's a... <laughs> no, no, just one dwarvish fly. Yeah, you have, you have a dwarvish fly. But yes. I tell him we're going to bring him some good dirt. I have to know what a stable is. If that's what 
he wants. So I'm envisioning that... I can look for a wheelbarrow. You found a shovel, didn't exactly. you? Exactly. Yeah. Like, you, you guys are going to end up, like, turning the dirt and, like, working the manure in and, like, the good dirt in, like, around, like, a section of trees that they're going to plant. Yeah. And, like, I feel like you guys are going to spend several days here because yeah. roses are not in any sort of hurry. And anything that you're going to do to help this area grow is going to take some time. And it's going to take a lot of physical work on your behalf. So... I think what I am going to ask you guys for is athletics. And Hepa, if you would rather make a primal check than an athletics check. I was going to say, could I use brambles or something to aid with yeah. the movement of dirt or whatever? Or yes. would that be offensive? No, it would not be <laughs> Only if you fail. <laughs> I don't use bramble. I've never used brambles for what it's intended for. Like, can I use it to move buckets? But I think... This is what you're learning, Yeah. is that in your shaman school, they taught you the absolutely most basic thing to do with it, and something that's like extremely applied, and you're expanding your horizons of what this magic is capable of. Right. So this is just going to be a one purple athletics check for you, and a one purple primal check for you, and this is simply to like... Kind of represent how you do helping these boses out. I'm exhausted. Never shoveled so much <laughs> dirt. Oh, I do well. Um, three successes. And I don't get tired from it. I mean, I'm tired from some of the other well, stuff. Well, it costs strain to do magic. So <gasps> it, it's it's tiring in that sense. Yeah, it costs too. Um, so, but I think maybe I enjoy the experience of helping a woes. So second win one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a reason uh, to join the foresters. And so this is just like to apply the narrative flavor of, of how you are passing the time. Shut every day I'm shoveling. <laughs> nah, singing's dumb. <laughs> you pause every now and then, flip your knife. Yeah, flip my knife, make sure. What can I do with a shovel? Oh, this is really unbalanced. Yeah. Woes. Shovels are harder to juggle, you determine. Yeah. I like rest on my chin. Maybe I can Black. use the brambles to move a trough of dirt. So you experiment with various things with your brambles. You know, maybe it's it's a matter of like, all right, we gotta clear out this area. So you like essentially you tell these these plants, all right, hope it. Like yeah, you, know, yeah, you yeah. walk I, the I plants out them. of the way, <laughs> and you know, trick folds in more of the good soil. Yeah, it's a hot, blistering spring day. A woes walks over and shelters you. Oh, thanks, man. So that all being the case, uh, do you have questions you wish to ask either of you? You can go first. I think Trick's got to catch his breath. Oh, gosh. I mean, I want to know about what we're looking for, but you have a woes right here. Like, all the things you can ask them about. Everything. Do your teeth fall out when you get old? <laughs> Do your leaves turn gray? <laughs> oh, yeah, right? What kinds of things? That the woes is like, what is old? Ancient. But, no, the, I, the fungal. I ask, I want to know if he knows about the Dapperine cap and if it... Cuts Ooh, off. That's a good oh, question. if it cuts off the life force, because they're like they would probably know exactly, like the fungal network, and like is that a problem in the fungal network? She really wants to know, like the whole as much okay. as the, he'll tell her. No, that's that's interesting. Ironically, it didn't occur to me that that, that this would end up happening. 
I should be asking about the battlefield, but no, I've got manifestation of the Fae. I want to know if the mushroom does cut off the Fae. Oh, yeah. That's the that's the hot thing right now. Because that's when I necromancy is so last week. <laughs> uh, the dapper Incat is not part of the fungal network that the woes told you about. So you ask your question. The woes does provide a somewhat rambly response. Um, you know what? I will take as much. Rambly is not a problem for Hepa. She's basically like, tell me a story. So you learn you learn a bit more about the actual fungal network, which is underneath the forest, the trees all talk to each other. So it's not mushrooms. It's fungus. It... It's in the fungus family. But it's like fungus on the um, trees? It's that... underneath. It's on their roots and connecting their roots. Oh, and, okay. and it's sort of like a, a filament, a net, sort of. Um, so And mushrooms are part of that or no? Mushrooms are another type of fungus, and yeah. where the network reaches up and points out through the earth, like then you would see things like caps and squiggly shelves and things like that. So this is maybe broadening your knowledge of a fungus is more than just what I see right. sticking out. Okay. Yeah, because would we really have that concept of a, something you can't see as a fungus? You, you, don't, you don't know what's underneath the, the dirt, and yeah. the woes is educating you some about that. Right. From the Woes' perspective, all the trees do talk to each other. You know, and you're an elf, you respect the trees, you respect the plants and things like that. This Woes is actually, like, of the opinion that trees have conversations. Mm -hmm. It's some sort of communication that is not verbal, and the Woes kind of says, like, the way that I'm talking to you through the air, the trees talk to each other through the fungus. Okay. So the trees have ears to the ground. The trees' roots are their ears. Yeah. Um, That's a simple analogy. Yeah. You can trick and understand that. <laughs> so, so the woes talks about that. And the woes tells you that just like there's, there's predators and there's prey, like everything works together in nature in some regards, but also everything competes in nature in other regards. And so, you know, there are funguses that attack trees. You know, like you get a crack in the bark of a tree, essentially bad fungus can move in and mm -hmm. hurt the tree. The dapper ink cap is not a danger to trees, mm -hmm. but it is a danger to woes. Okay. The dapper ink cap does not participate in any of like the fungal network. It consumes dead matter and recycles it in the way that many mushrooms do. And woeses, it would feast upon woeses if woeses got too close to it. And the woes tells you that this was not always the case that this is recent, <laughs> recent in the woes sense. This has only been the case for you know, not even not even a millennia, but the dapper ink caps, they, their nature seems to change and the woeses do not know why that happened, but the dapper ink caps became very dangerous to them and they, they can kill a woes. They're dangerous to them if they're alive or are they dangerous if they're dead? Uh, the dapper ink caps, there is something about them that, that even if one is plucked, it would still destroy a woes. Okay. Weak to dapper ink caps. Well, I Tell mean, me everything I want to know. <laughs> I, actually, I will tell him what Fenwin told me about the danger to the elves and how she described it and see if that, like, if he can add any information to that or if that... He's like, I don't know anything about that. Or if he's like, yep, just don't to see if he can kind of elaborate on the nature of it. 
as far as what does it do? Like, is it damaging to the magic and that's why? Or is it just damaging to Okay, I, would, I think I would like you to make a knowledge lore check. Mm-hmm. And to be able to ask any meaningful This is, questions. I think, to be able to understand okay. his, his answers. I mean, it's only two purples. So, yeah, success and two advantages. Okay. Whatever the, the current of energy is that primal magic uses, that elves tap into for their magic, that is, for a woes, a life-sustaining force. Okay. So elves need to breathe to stay alive. Elves need to eat to stay alive. Woeses don't survive via photosynthesis like a tree does. Right. Woeses survive by tapping into that energy. Okay, so that's what the ink cap... And the whatever it is about the dapper ink cap essentially blocks those receptors. And so essentially suffocates a woes. So... Whether that's a chemical or magical property of a dapper Inca, we'll just say it's an alchemical. So whatever. it blocks the receipt. So if a woes was injured, primal magic couldn't be used by, like an elf couldn't inject some primal magic to help. Or, I mean, I don't know if, if uh, he would know this or not, but that's kind of the question, like a question she would have is like, could an elf feed a woes? Yes, that would, that would be equivalent to, to healing somebody. You know, like somebody who's bleeding out or somebody who's suffocating, you can give them oxygen and like, right. that might be enough to help so them. So then it doesn't block it enough that it, they couldn't receive it. You could do CPR to them. Okay. Yes. So it essentially suffocates or starves them right. in some fashion. And so what Fenowin was describing, like would a dapper ink cap kill an elf? Probably not. Right. But would it perhaps prevent them from casting? Right. So it might or, not be an option anyway. Or make casting dangerous, that seems likely. You have some advantages. Yeah. You have some information here on how it interacts with the primal magic receptors. I would say that from the woes is talking about, like when this mushroom kind of changed its abilities, it sounds like time wise, it lines up with when humans and orcs came to this continent. Okay. They didn't bring the dapper ink cap with them, but the dapper ink cap changed sometime not too long after humans arrived. Right. And, and that would mesh with the idea that this dark magic is more of a human magic. Yes. If necromantic dark magic changed the dapper ink cap in some way, that fits with, like, this is a magic that humans brought with them. Which, if you guys want to make a lore check together... Ooh. What kind of magic did humans bring? Yeah. What's the difficulty on this one? I think this one is three purples, because this is more human legend. Right. Oh, two successes. So, you know, Trick, you heard some story from Breda. Long, long ago. Regarding who was in charge of the humans before they fled to these shores? Some guy named Baldrick? Haldrick? And... Smaldrick? What were the humans <laughs> fleeing when they came to these shores? Who used to rule them? Uh, lich lords. That's right. Liches. Yeah, no, yeah. Definitely humans brought the necromancy. I don't know if they could say that they owned it or their magic. They get owned them for a while. So, humans prior to coming to these shores were bossed around by liches. Whether any humans today know that or remember that, Maybe that's why it's such a taboo in their society, even if the average person doesn't know that. 
they're really ashamed about it. I think they, they were fleeing liches when they got to this continent, but the, the liches still came. And some humans still turned to necromancy. The circle of our minds. <laughs> so, some things jacked together. The Wozes, they don't know anything about, like, necromantic uses for the Dapper Incap, mm-hmm. or why the Dapper Incap was changed this way, or what somebody would do with it, but they do know that it has some interplay with forms of magic, and that... Oh, that's true. We only know it as a blocker of the magic, that you... aren't, but that doesn't mean that it's not an enabler of some other magic, right. or whatever. You know it as a blocker of primal magic. I think that's all you can get from a woes perspective. No, that's perfect. I mean, yeah, Hepa's happy to follow as long as this guy will talk. I'm sure Trick has some actual useful questions to our task at hand, but... Well, useful to what Trick's interested in. Like, hey, could you point me in the direction of those uh, staff, creepy necromantic staff? No, Trick may not remember to get around to that question. Jam Jennifer here. This arc took a lot of inspiration from the hidden life of trees, what they feel, how they communicate, discoveries from a secret world by Peter Wolleben. It's a fascinating nonfiction book that combines the observations of a forester with recent scientific research. The author does tend to anthropomorphize trees a bit more than I think is justified, but as an inspiration for Wozes, that was spot on. It's definitely worth a read if you love forests. You've been listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westmouth video game and played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at DelBorovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Westnoth by Matthias Westland, a.k.a. West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0, part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience. <laughs>